business is better, period. Hey friends, welcome to the Lachlan 365 podcast. We at the church at Lachlan Springs are lovers of scripture and the way it displays the goodness of our God in Jesus. This podcast is meant to be a resource for those of us who are partaking in the Brentwood Wide 2024 Chronological Reading Plan. Our hope is that as you wade through the waters of Scripture, we might be able to help guide and encourage you in this weekly conversation centered around God's Word. With all that said, let's dive in and see what God has for us this week. Hey friends, this is Alec Beard. And this is Charlie Lowry. And welcome to the first ever episode of the Lachland 365 podcast. That's right. You can hear the applause. Uh, we are in clock. front of a live studio audience. Of There's about so many of you here. Thank you so much for coming. 200 dust mites are mm. <laughs> tuned in, uh, locked in, if you will, <laughs> and ready to hear what we get into this morning. Um, as we begin, what, what I'd love to do is I'd love to spend some time, um, Charlie, discussing who we are, because for some of us who are listening, um, you may not know, you may not know who we are, (laughs) or maybe we are a face to you, or maybe you've seen us on stage Mm -hmm. and this is an opportunity for us to kind of move a little past that. Great idea. So Charlie, can I please get your full name? Oh no. (laughs) Um, no, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I would be happy to tell you my full name. Uh, let's grab coffee and let me give it to you then, or just spend a few minutes around me with David Hanna in the room and he will Mm. happily say my full name. Um, I am the worship minister at the church at Lachlan Springs, and I have the privilege and honor and pleasure of facilitating our time of worship every Sunday morning. Yeah. I love how you just moved past the name thing that was skillfully done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me this thing, Charlie, (laughs) tell me something that you love about Jesus. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to try and get like first reaction, like what first comes to mind. My honestly, the word that comes to mind is consistency. Hmm. Like, I think the steadfastness of God and the steadfastness of Jesus being who he is and um, knowing who I am always, like no matter what, kind of puts me, it brings me to my knees quite regularly. Yeah. That's probably my favorite thing about him. That's a Because I'm not consistent. That sounds like a scary place to be. The fact that like, like what you're saying is he knows who you are at all times. Like there is... There is no hiding. It's not at all. And at first that was really scary, <laughs> yeah. but I've, I've learned to, I mean, I have my own qualms and relationships with fear. We could talk about that some other time, but it's episode two. Yeah. yeah uh, that's probably what I've loved the most about Jesus. <laughs> it's that he is, he's consistent and steadfast and always there when I am not. Yeah. What about I you? It. I love it. Um, yeah. A little about me. My name is Alec Donald. Oh, Beard. All right. Just giving that away. I try to live as vulnerable as I can, <laughs> Charlie. Um, Alec Donald Beard. Um, you can ask me about that sometime. I'd be happy to tell you about it. I am on staff at the church at Lachlan Springs as the groups and missions minister. We have, we being my family, I've been here for about a year and a half almost at this point. Um, and we've loved it. Loved every single minute of it. So sweet. 
one of my favorite things about Jesus. Yeah, do tell. This is not a, this, this is going to sound silly, I think, as because I'm also going with the knee-jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll qualify this after I say it, but my favorite thing about Jesus is that he's real. Ooh. Um, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> for me, Jesus, apart from reality, is one of the most terribly concocted stories I think you could ever imagine Mm. because of the fact that everything the Bible tells us about Jesus is infused with hope. It's infused with good. It's it's infused with the writing of all things that are wrong. Mm -hmm. And if none of that was real, I would be furious. Mm -hmm. Like I would be so mad. You wouldn't be the only one. And I would rage against the powers that be that had, (laughs) you know, created that. And yet for me in my own spiritual journey, discovering the historical Jesus has for me, it like I've I've used the word infused a lot here. I don't know why, but it's infused all of those things like hope and good and the writing of wrong Mm -hmm. with power because of the fact that they are rooted in reality. Mm. So for me, the fact that Jesus is real means that the hope that I feel, the love that mm-hmm. I feel, mm-hmm. the the vision that I have for where I am headed because of Jesus. It changes everything else you know about him. It changes everything. Yeah. If I could sum up Jesus's vibe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in one sense, it would be, this changes everything. What's up? I'm Jesus. I'm real. That sounded a bit like Elvis. <laughs> hey, Do you picture Jesus <laughs> in your head having an Elvis no. accent? Because if so, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Sermon on the Mount. Fuck it, my boy. Elvis Jesus. <laughs> Elvis Jesus. Okay, that's so that's who we a, are. Yeah, that's, that's who Jesus is. Who we are, and Jesus is, is and is not. <laughs> and is not. What are we doing here? Why are we doing this? That's a great question. We are doing this because honestly, we recognize that the task that we are moving towards as a church family in reading the Bible through in a year is a large task. I know for many of us, especially if we've never read through the Bible in this uh, sort of capacity, like it can feel overwhelming. And so as we sat back and we asked the question, what can we do to help our people and encourage our people as they embark on this great act of faith? Because that's, that's what it is. For sure. Engaging in this reading plan is an act of faith and saying, I'm going to wade into these waters and God is going to meet me in them. So as we thought about that, we said, how can we help? How can we support our people? We had a vision for this podcast where this is simply a space where each week we can kind of dig a little deeper into what we are reading. Because for most of us, we're going to read through different portions of scripture and we're going to say, that's great. And maybe even beautiful, but I have no idea what it means. Yeah. And so this is a space where we can kind of dig into it a little bit and ask some of those questions. And we'll be asking them ourselves too. Right, right. If Let me just go ahead and say this. This is not a place of all sufficient information. You will hear the phrase, I wonder and I think a If lot. I had to guess. If I had to guess, which we try not to guess. We try to be confident in what we say. But if we had to guess, we would say this. And that's okay. And one of the reasons that we love that is because we want this podcast to be a place where 
there is safety in asking questions. Yeah. And we also want our church to be a place where there is safety in asking questions. And so we want to model that. One yep. of the things that we hope to do every week is have a brief moment or collection of minutes, <laughs> if you will, at the beginning of each episode where we do, we ask questions. Um, we're hopefully going to have a place where you as listeners or church members or whoever you are can submit those questions. Mm -hmm. And then we can do our best to engage them in a way that is helpful. Spurs conversation. Yeah. If you will. Spurs conversation. And one of the things which I've heard you say this before, Charlie, that you love about questions is that Jesus asks questions and Absolutely. Jesus invites us yeah. to ask questions. He certainly doesn't shy away from them. I think it's, and if we are to try and be Christ, be like Christ and model him, that's, that's exactly where, where my mind goes. I think it's way too often in church culture, especially at least I've found in my years being here and kind of in the fold, a lot of times questions feel discouraged. Maybe that's not projected formally by the church for sure. Definitely not here, but we can kind of get into our own heads, right? Of thinking like, Ooh, if I ask a question that I'm seen as stupid or seen as if I am inexperienced and who yeah. wants that, but that's, I, when I decided to start looking at asking questions as the exact opposite, as in asking questions makes me fun to be around or interesting or um, wondrous. And I think that's exactly how Jesus would want us to be. Yeah, I think that's really well said. I think that asking questions really does take so much bravery. And I think most of us have an odd relationship with bravery yeah. because most of us don't feel brave. Mm -hmm. And yet we do brave things every day. Oh yeah, we just don't. Just living in this them. world today is brave. <laughs> right. I, I stepped outside of my door. <laughs> Let's this be morning. honest. In I this economy, I got in my old car and I willingly drove across town. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yeah, but this is this is a place where we want to cultivate that. So if you're listening or as you're reading, if you have questions, please um, let us know. We'll, we'll help you get that to us. Mm -hmm. um, but we're excited to dig both into scripture and in the questions that it produces. And next week, those questions will be pertaining very specifically to the scripture that we're in. That's right. That's right. This week, we've got a few questions that are kind of generalized um, questions that I'm sure all of us have had at one point in our lives. Absolutely. You want to hear some of them? Please. I have them right in front of me. It's so crazy. It's like how you convenient. prepared for this. I know. First question that we got, how do you remember who did what and the history slash connections between each story in the Bible? Mm. Man, we mm. started off with a <laughs> banger. Pretty difficult. Okay, so, so the question, this is helpful for me. I'm just going to yeah. repeat it. How do you remember who did what? The history and connections between each story. I think there's two ways to approach this question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you have to approach it at both the micro level and the macro level. Okay. And what I mean is the micro level are your stories of individual characters. So I think of, I'm like, I'm just, we're going to start in Genesis. Mm -hmm. So I'll use that as an example. But I think of Abraham and his sons, mm -hmm. his wife, um, Joseph. Um, you kind of have these kind of condensed stories that are on a much smaller level. And I think that re remembering them really just comes with familiarity. I think it's totally, the, I, I know I don't, 
I think I, I wish I had more of a robust. There's no, no, like, the, there's really not. Like if you think of, if you're talking about the people, because what makes stories is the people in them. And you're thinking of people, these were real people yeah. on in that context. Cause there's other things that we would want to remember about the Bible, right? Right. Like verbiage and, and the writings of David, the writings of Paul. But if we're just talking about history and stories, think about how do you remember your barista's name? You, you visit them, visit them, a lot. you go and get coffee from them every day and you ask them, you their, ask name. them their name. <laughs> this really does all boil back down mm-hmm, to questions, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, on the micro level, the helpful thing in the way that scripture is arranged is that most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time we get to spend a decent amount of time with these characters within mm-hmm. the story. Mm-hmm. So like Abraham is around for the majority of Genesis. For sure. Um, that, that's not the same with every character. Right. But that also helps us to distinguish what level is this character playing at yeah. in terms of the whole of scripture. Mm-hmm. So King David, for example, why does he get so much time mm-hmm. in scripture? Well, because he's a major player. Mm-hmm. Abraham's a major player. And that's not to say that other characters in scripture are not important. For sure. If they're in the story, they're important. Um, One of the most encouraging themes for me in the whole of scripture is that God always uses the least likely to do the biggest things. He do be doing that. He do be doing that. Mm -hmm. So if if you're reading the story and you're like, well, I'm not an Abraham or I'm not a David. Great. (laughs) You better watch out (laughs) because God knows that. And Mm -hmm. God's like, good, that's Mm -hmm. where I want you. Because what happens in that is you get characters um, who are far less reliant upon themselves and Mm -hmm. more reliant upon God. King David is a great example. And the contrast is King Saul, right? King Saul thought he was the dude. Like, I mean, he being the, the first dude. king of Israel, he only needed himself. He acted like, I mean, he was the end all be all mm-hmm. of all things. And you contrast that with David, the shepherd boy, mm-hmm. right? Who even in his family is seen as the outcast. Well, yeah, David's not here because we left him back out with the sheep. And yet it's David he that God uses God's to, you know, slay giants exactly. and um, redeem nations and pen the half of the old testament that's a really good picture you're painting yeah. like the the dis, the distinction between those two things yeah. because our our like knee-jerk like desire is to be saul let's be honest yeah. our our desire mm-hmm. of our flesh is to be saul i mean tall and good looking who wouldn't want to be saul right <laughs> reliant on no one but ourselves at least that's oh, me yeah that's true. like i want to be the guy i want to be like no only me i only rely on me if i screw up that's my problem don't have to rely on others what's that called is it called main character energy is that what you call it sure i think that. main character energy is a tangent but i believe main character energy is defined more on how you want to be perceived uh, rather than okay yeah, yeah, yeah. So regardless of how I'm perceived, I just kind of want to do my own thing sure. and rely only myself. David, rather, is after God's own heart and wants to rely on God. And spoiler, I feel like God wants us all to be that way, relying on him a little more. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. So to answer your question. Yeah, so I, so I think that's the micro yes. level, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. other side. For sure. The macro level. Macro so level. how do stories like Abraham and how do stories like David yeah, how do they connect? tie into the story of Jesus? Oof. How you remember that, most of us are not going to like this, but how you remember that is you read the you whole read story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Probably several times. If I were to start watching 
a show on Netflix and I watched the first episode and the last episode, I would miss a great deal of how those two are connected. Yeah. And what really most likely will happen is I'm actually being robbed, not just of the details of the mm -hmm. story, but the power of the story. Yeah. And it takes spending time wading through those stories that we don't think are important. Yeah. Hashtag Leviticus or well, the book of numbers. That's right? actually, so that's the thing, Alec. I think something that a lot of us approach the Bible unknowingly kind of already duping ourselves before we've even begun is duping I like that word. Yeah. We we're not even going into a Netflix series or we're not even going into a Netflix series season. We're not going into Sorry, that was my water bottle. We're not even going into that was a good well time. A series at all. We're going into a collection that someone decided to put on a random landing page on the internet. A Netflix series, a book, a mm. an album of music. Like the Bible is a collection of so many different stories and writings for different purposes from different perspectives. So that in itself like it's a, it's kind of an easy win there. If you go about trying to understand the connections of these, of the history of the Bible and the stories of it, knowing that first and considering that, I think you're already kind of a little further ahead. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think that also speaks to the way that the writers of scripture acted. I mean, they wrote assuming that you knew the backstory. Right. And so if you're reading a, a section of scripture that, you know, is quoting the Old Testament a lot and you've never spent time or you've never been in a place where it was possible. Yeah. Either, you know, spiritually or emotionally even to read through the Old Testament, then you're going to miss out on, on what, you know, an author like Paul is yep. really trying to say. So it's one of the reasons why a, a, a year spent in the whole of scripture is going to be so helpful. Yeah. Is it's going to help us see things in ways that we never have. Yeah. So that's how I think we can answer that question. Seven minutes later. <laughs> mm, that was a good one. Though. That's, that was a really, really good question. Let's see. What's another good question that we, that we got that would be good to expound upon. I like this second one. Um, the question is as follows. When it comes to Jesus's words, how do you interpret things like tone, mm. inflection, etc.? When he engages different people, sometimes he actually seems quite rude. <gasps> Gasp. I feel like there's a sound effect there that you could utilize. I could. I'm, I'm nervous to use my sound mm. effects until I get the hang of them. I don't actually know which one is which. <laughs> Pick the wrong one. It's applause. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that question because for, for one, it's bold. Yeah. Like it's a bold question. Whoever asked this people, question, bless you. Yeah. Most people assume that Jesus is off limits. Like right. you can't question anything he does because he's Jesus. He's Jesus. And I almost kind of wonder if Jesus would look at us and say, I'm right here. Like you or don't I'm have to human. be afraid of me. He's, he's a person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, we talk about how Jesus invites questions in the way that he asks questions. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, I think it's helpful to, to know that we can ask questions like this. For sure. When it comes to things like tone and inflection, I think we are at a bit of a disadvantage because we can't actually hear yeah. Jesus's tone or inflection yeah. and the way that he's saying things. We can only hear what we think we should hear when a certain grouping of words is arranged in the same way. An example would be David Hanna. 
when he texts me, uses very emphatic pronunciation. <laughs> Not pronunciation. Um, what's that word? That uh, tone? No, it's like a, a, like a period, comma. What are those called? Oh. Punctuation. Punctuation, not pronunciation. Punctuation. Remember, this is not a place of all sufficient See? knowledge. <laughs> about I'm the tired. Whole, are we wise? <laughs> but David will use really emphatic punctuation, like a period when his, like, and, and that just totally alters the tone of what he just said. For sure. Because if he's, if I ask him a question and he says, that's fine, period, I'm immediately like, oh crap, he's mad. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked that question. And in reality, he might actually mean, that's fine. Yeah. But to me, that's an exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah. And you see the difference in how that's interpreted. So it's when we're reading the words of Jesus, that's the the difficulty that we find ourselves in. It's really a dissonance. Yeah. So when you're when you're trying to discern things like tone or inflection, I think you've got to kind of zoom out a little bit, try to put yourself in that story. In whatever way you can. Yeah. Try to gather as many of the details. As much context. As you can. Background, all of that. And then ask the question, what do I think that Jesus is actually feeling here? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times those details will tell us. For example, when when Jesus goes into the temple and flips tables, Mm -hmm. he's not happy. Mm -hmm. And we can gather that from details. Right. Right. And so that's going to change the way that we hear what he's saying when we hear him speak to the disciples. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's, that's typically the place where most of us are like, Jesus is like really digging on these disciples. Mm -hmm. I think we have to remember that one, I don't think these disciples looked the way we think they look in that, you know, this is my personal opinion, but you, when you see a painting of the apostle Peter, what's the painting typically look like? Pretty. Pretty. He also looks like a <laughs> 64-year-old man. Yeah, for sure. Right? He's got this flowy, beautifully old. sculpted beard. Oh, yeah. They're all old. They're right? all depicted old. They're all depicted as super old. I, I don't think they were as old as we think they yeah. were. I think they were actually quite a bit younger. And so there is an elder brother sort of way that mm-hmm. Jesus speaks to the apostles. Mm-hmm. And I think he also knew what they were going to have to do. And so the level of accountability that he held them to was higher. Yeah, And so that oh, impacts sure. the way that we talk to people. That, that doesn't mean stern. that Jesus is being rude or just a jerk, but he knows, Peter, I, I've got to get you to a place that when I go, you are ready to do what I need you to do. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to love you in a tough way. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm not going to cut you as much slack. Sure. And that might come across from a fly on the wall or from the perspective of a, of a reader will come across dissonant. And I think another really important thing here, this is going to sound really woo-woo, but it's not. Okay. Okay. It's just, it's simply spiritual. I think a really important thing to remember about this whole process. And when we get to places like this, where it's hard to discern, what am I even reading? What, what does he even mean when he says this? The Bible is living and it's active Mm -hmm. and meaning that Holy Spirit, I I use this example a lot. So when I learned about fasting in church, I didn't learn about it as a thing that always encompassed prayer. I just learned about it as in like fasting is like holy dieting, right? Holy dieting. Holy dieting. When it's actually not, fasting was by design is encouraged to always be accompanied by prayer. I believe going through scripture and and reading the Bible is 
a little bit of the same where I think when it comes to going through things that are challenging and difficult to understand, difficult to discern, like what might feel like uncharted waters, remembering that Holy Spirit is there and is living like among us, is living in you, is in these pages, in these words, that'll do a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like praying, absolutely. praying before you read, praying as you read, um, and being patient. Because I mean, I know I've been in a lot of situations where I read something, um, or read some of Jesus's words, in fact, and it kind of came to me maybe weeks later or, or days later, or maybe reading it again, I had experienced something in my life that gave me a different perspective. And all of a sudden it clicked like, Oh yeah, that's what he meant. Yeah. We, we actually talked about that in our focus study on Sunday, the difference between just memorizing scripture versus meditating on it. Yeah. Like meditating, like you're spending extended amounts of time chewing on it. And, chewing, and, inviting and, Holy Spirit, inviting the spirit into what you reveal learning. And, and yeah. most of us, you know, from the backwoods days of Sunday school, we're told you just have to memorize it. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we lose something in that where we're memorizing just for the sake of memorizing and we're not actually like gathering yeah. from, from what it's, we're it, supposed dude, to it's, it's so tough because it's like, it's both and cause it's like, it's not, you just have to memorize it, but it is, you do have to memorize. Because mm-hmm. the, what you gain when you memorize, that's a tangent. We'll, we'll get into that some <laughs> other time. She's ready to go, <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. I'm going to combine these last few into one. Okay. <laughs> so the last few questions that we got really have to do with context and um, the use of study tools to, to gather information. Mm-hmm. Um, context is difficult, right? We're, we're not in the same context that the scripture is written into. And so it's upon us to, to make sure that we are at least familiar mm-hmm. with the type of world that these things yeah. are being written into. Um, an example that comes to mind is that people love to interpret Genesis as a scientific text. Mm-hmm. And that's just not why it was written. Mm-hmm. It can answer some things scientifically, but it's, it's, a, it's a theological text mm-hmm. about God. That has to do with creation. Well, it was written in that way for a specific reason. And a lot of that has to do with the culture behind it. Yeah. And the other sort of texts that are being written at that time. So that's just an example. I think when it comes to context and when it comes to um, resources that we're using, I, I tend to find that a study Bible is super helpful. A study Bible really is just a Bible, a translation of the Bible with decent amount of footnotes at the bottom mm-hmm. that has commentary, that has cultural yeah. in, uh, indicators, all so sorts many. of things. And there's so there's many. so many out there. Um, you know, we are going to be reading through the scripture in the CSB. There is a CSB study Bible. Mm-hmm. There's an ESV study Bible, mm-hmm. which is the one that I typically use for my personal study. And what I've found super helpful is that at the beginning of each book, there's several pages of like, here's the historical right. background. So here's necessary. the cultural background. You know, if you're in the Old Testament, which world power mm-hmm. is in charge yeah. right now? Because that makes a big difference on how things are written, images that are being used For sure. and that sort of thing. There's a book that I gained a lot of of insight from. I, I mean, I turn to it to this day. It's called The Bible from 30,000 Feet. I think, I think cool. it's literally called that. I like the title. By 
Oh, shoot. Alex going to link it in the sermon, in the, in the right. podcast notes. Um, that resource will be linked in the show notes. <laughs> um, it's, I want to say the last name is like Herzig. I could probably that look this up. up, but it's in my office. It, it travels from my bedside to my desk, to my office. It's really, really great because it kind of does the, it gives the purpose. Yeah. The Bible from 30,000 feet by Skip. Heitzig. Skip Heitzig. Skip Heitzig. I am submitting a name change legally. Super, super awesome. Also comes with a workbook, but I use that as like a reference where, oh, I need to remember what, because someone like me, my brain never stops moving. Um, and so I kind of have to force myself to get my bearings. And that's kind of the purpose of the book. It, it references each book as if you're on a flight, like, from 30,000 30, feet. feet. It's the whole pun yeah, thing. I love cleverness. And it, it gives you like an itinerary, like where are we headed? It gives you like, where did we just come from? Um, what, like what's the the purpose of this? It's really, really cool. Sure. It yeah. gives, and it's, it's all very um, abbreviated. It's not like super in depth because it's for the whole Bible too. Yeah. And And some of the things that come to mind, like the Bible recap is a recent resource yeah. that's been made. That's super helpful. I'll also link that one. Um, that's essentially, the Bible project. The, yeah, the Bible project. If, if you're not familiar with the Bible project, I, oh man, I cannot encourage you more to go to their website and just pick a place and start. I yeah. assure you that a lot of the content that we walk through on this podcast <laughs> will have been researched, um, that's what we're using from the Bible project <laughs> because they are a resource that exists to remove things like sh the strangeness of scripture, mm -hmm. like to, to tear down that obstacle. And I know because I've spent a great deal of time listening to them that they want people to use their resource. Yeah. And they, they made them well. And they I, I think did. people Oof. don't realize too, a, a lot of people did, aren't privy to this. The Bible project made a Bible reading app, just like your version app. Yep. But the difference is, um, every other verse or so, because of how much content they've created over the last decade, I suppose, you'll see a link within the scripture, like yeah. within the verse. And that takes you to a video, like or an, an, an infographic or, or an article, yeah. like literally as you're reading the Bible, um, that they've created, which is so, so helpful. Yeah. And, and I'll also say this, um, because I'm their biggest fan. And if they ever hear this, please just, I'd love a cup of coffee with you guys. Um, it's a super helpful resource for children mm. because they have videos that yeah, break down both topics, themes, and books Animations. that are animated beautifully. Like yeah. they are so well done and a child can at least watch them and gather something. They might for not sure. understand all the words. That are but being said as the narrator, but it will stick with yeah. them. And man, it's such a helpful. So if you have young children that you're really trying to figure out, how can I start to expose them to the breadth of scripture? Mm -hmm. um, something like the Bible Project videos could be super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Charlie, I think this is a good place to wrap up our first ever episode first ever of we the did it lachlan 365 podcast technically 366 because it's leap year but oh it's my goodness <gasps> um, if i if i could figure out how to edit that <laughs> if out you want to be end. if you want to peek into the conflict that's existed in the staff office for the last several weeks 
<laughs> ask me about the 366 podcast and I'll happily share with you. Friends, we are so excited to continue this journey. We're going to be with you every single week. We're happy you're here. Yeah, we are so happy you're here. We're, <laughs> as, as you read through the Bible next year, um, our hope and our desire is that you know that you are not alone, that we are right here with you, that we are here to support and encourage you in whatever way that you need. See you next week. See you next week.